this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this moment we share with each other, with you. Thank you for the work of your spirit, Lord God, and the the power of, of, of your love and your light. You do want us to have a repentant heart, a heart that wants to turn to your ways. Just release your ways to us here today, Lord God. Help us to have a bigger understanding of your goodness, how good you are and what you've done by sending Jesus into the world and now the work of your Spirit, Lord God, in our lives, that we follow you today, that we connect ourselves with you today, that we are understanding you today, Lord God, and what you have done, we thank you, and what you're doing, we're excited about in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. And uh, we are... Thanks, guys. Thank you. Back there, Caleb, Matt. Apparently, I gave you some good advice, Matt. Heard about that? Wasn't here? Got some more advice for you. Keep going and pray lots. There you go. He mentioned I gave him good advice last week. We are continuing our series on prayer uh, today. I've been doing a series on prayer. It doesn't finish, prayer never finishes. Even if we talk about something next week, there'll be still lots of prayer going on and prayer. We've had some good messages. Last week, Chris spoke about revivals in one that's sort of happening in America now and different revivals in Wales and here in Sydney. When I came to Christ, there was a mini revival going on, lots of people getting saved. Coming to Christ, the awareness of God was just opening up. And that's his will for us, is to be in revival, to be a person who carries the Spirit of God, just an anointing for prayer. We heard from Ruth the week before she went through the Lord's Prayer. What a powerful message and what a powerful prayer it is to go through the Lord's Prayer. I hope you have the Lord's Prayer going on at some point. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. She mentioned this guy, Reese Howes. It's a powerful, powerful story, Reese Howes. And I actually have two of the same book, and I've got it here today if anyone wants it. I think I lent it to you once. You can have it again. Reese Howes, Intercessor. It's an incredible book, powerful book. And Ruth shared from that a few weeks back. And then we started with um, Pastor Paul Van Essen, who's a longtime friend of Chris's. He spoke about fully depending on God and entering into another realm. Isn't that amazing, an amazing concept and thought? In the beginning, God created, he created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says. He created the natural physical realm, everything that you can see, the natural realm. In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about an experience he had that in Christ, he was taken up to the third heaven. And Ruth just mentioned about heaven at the start about streets of gold and different things. 
Paul talks about going to the third heaven. He says he saw, he heard things that he couldn't explain. He doesn't talk about seeing things. He talks about hearing things. The third heaven, it's almost like everyone has a concept of heaven. Well, Jesus is the doorway. He's the way to that third heaven. And then in the book of Daniel, Daniel talks about the, the, the experience with an angel. And he does a three-week prayer and fast. It's absolutely phenomenal. He does this three-week prayer and fast. After three weeks, an angel comes to him. Gabriel comes to him, one of the top angels. And he says, from the minute you prayed, your prayer was answered. But I was detained by the prince of Persia for three weeks. All this time, I was detained. And then Michael had to come and help me. The, the warrior angel, Michael, had to come and help me. So he speaks about this in-between space between heaven and earth, this spiritual realm. It's all around us, all the time. God is always with us. He's always there. You might not see him, but he's here. He lives in us. And you are a spirit that is in a physical body. You have a soul, you have a mind, but you have a spirit. And that spirit came from God, belongs to God, and it lives forever. And hopefully, if you receive Christ... You make some good choices to follow him, you'll end up with him one day. And what a fantastic privilege it is to be in this place, the place of the house of God that interacts between heaven and earth. God's will done on earth as it is in heaven happens through God's people. And what a fantastic privilege. And one day I think we'll understand how rich it is to be in the house of God, to be alive in Christ and to know how much, how much this moment means to him, how much your life in Christ in church means to him. One day when we get there, we'll see the value of this place where the windows of heaven are open, where there's a transacting going on between heaven and earth and God is released through his people. That's you. Jesus called it a house. This will be a house of prayer for all nations. He referenced a scripture from Isaiah calling the house of God place of prayer for all nations and when Jesus referenced it it was the moment when he got really angry and he made a whip and he went down into the temple and he beat all the sheep and all the there was a market going on and he's like this is not a marketplace this is a place of prayer we are a people of prayer and it's for everyone and we are a community of prayer and whether you're new or and you know you haven't prayed yet or you just you know, your first prayer is maybe, God, if you're there, I need to know who you are. That was my first prayer. Uh, maybe your first prayer might be, thank you for your love. You just, just, just start somewhere. Maybe you, need, you haven't been praying. You've just been weighed down with the stuff of life or you're focused on your career or your job. Or you need to reboot your voice, get it going again. And maybe you're a seasoned warrior. Prayer is for everyone. It's not just for the pastors, ministers. God wants to connect with you, which is absolutely wonderful news for you today, that he accepts who you are. And you just come to him with all your stuff. You don't just come to him when you're better, when you're clean. No one goes to the doctor after they get well, do they? I, I was sick and now I'm not. I don't need your prescription like, what are you doing here? This is $50. Off you go. Like, no, you just come as you are and connect with God. 
and we are that community. Prayer is for everyone. And Jesus said, seek after him, seek the kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom. Go after God first. And I want to look at someone in the Bible this morning who did that, who gave God first place, who went after God, who had a heart for God, and he is Daniel in the book of Daniel. And Daniel has a God first lifestyle. Now, what I love about him is he doesn't have the mad failure. You know, there's so many awesome characters in the Bible. You think of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and that, that generation. You, you think of Samson. What an incredible Bible story. Or even David. But what failure. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Abraham just lied about his wife. I don't know why he would fully trusting in God, the father of faith, so many powerful scriptures about Abraham. And then David, just the, the man after God's own heart, well, he has the biggest shocker in the whole Bible. I'm a, he just takes his, one of his mighty men's wife and then he just has, sends him with his own execution. Oh, it's just so bad. But what a powerful person who has a, a just incredible person still. Gives hope for everyone when you read about these guys. I mean, Samson has just got this crazy Thor-like anointing. Like he just like gets the jawbone of a donkey, just goes nuts, kills all the enemies. The guy just the spirit comes on him. Incredible story. But then he gets with this woman who just nags and nags and nags and nags him until he tells her the secret of his power and he loses his anointing. It's like, what? Why is that bit in there? Like, why is he so dumb? Like, really? But Daniel doesn't have any of that. And he has an awesome, awesome book. An awesome book. He's a man of prayer. He's known in this book to have the spirit of the holy gods within him. This book is spirit-inspired. That's from the Holy Spirit. This was a pagan culture in Babylon where he was, and they knew him to have the Holy Spirit. He encounters angels. He has prophetic visions. He pursues honouring God first above everything, and he hears God speak. Like, he is bold. He is courageous. He has a courage from God, and this is all part of normal Christian living. It's normal. Christian living. And so I just want to have a look at a couple of things in this book as we, we connect with God, as we let him work in our hearts on prayer. And what is the next sort of thing for you to move into in prayer? And in Daniel chapter 1, if we start in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 12, so what happens is the Israelites are overrun, they've abandoned God, they're worshipping idols, and so Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon comes in, takes out everyone and takes people captive. And Daniel is one of the captives from Judah with some of his friends. He's a young guy. He's young. It's almost like he's in the youth ministry. He's young, been taken captive, and he's determined to honour God. And he's pretty fortunate to be taken where he is because he goes into training to be in the king's service and he's chosen to be trained to serve the king as one of the wise men of Babylon as a young person and there's three of his friends 
You might know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you've ever heard the Daniel stories. Um, and so he's sent there with his three friends. And it says in verse... I'm just going to read verse 8 first. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So he, the, he's assigned a portion of food from the king's table. He's allowed to eat and drink whatever is on the king's table, which is a lot of wine, a lot of food, and a lot of that food would have been sacrificed to idols. So he's not in idol worship, and he wants to be holy. So he just asks to honour God. He just asks to go after God first and not eat the food from the king's table. And it says in verse 12, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. It's pretty good advice. Just have your vegetables, drink your water, you'll be healthy. Preceding this, he asks the chief official... The chief official is compassionate towards him, but says no. And then he asks the guard, test your servants. We want to eat vegetables. We want to honour God first. He's got resolve in his heart. He wants to honour God first. So he sets up himself another diet. He gets a 10-day test, and he comes out of that test with his, fan, with his friends He asks them, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. You can leave it there. I'll explain it. And then he comes out. They come out looking better nourished, healthier, which is a good reason to eat vegetables. And, you know, have a steak. Why not? Just don't have too many. Um, But what I want to tell you today is to set yourself up a separate diet. Set yourself up a diet from another kingdom. That's not just the food on the royal table. It's just not off the the tables of this world. Jesus was led by the devil, uh, led, led by the spirit, and he was tempted by the devil in the desert. And the first thing he said to him, he wasn't led by the devil, kicked him in the head. The first thing he says Turn these stones into bread. Turn these ones. You haven't eaten for 40 days. You're hungry. Have some bread. That'll fill your belly. He comes back with him. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And he's speaking about the living word. Paul Van Essen talked about it. It's a rima. It's a spoken word, a living word spoken from God. Man doesn't live by bread. Man doesn't live. You don't just live by what is natural. You don't just, life is not found by the coming. I mean, we went to the Gold Coast. I can see why people would move up there. It's great for a holiday. But there were thousands of people just walking the beach in the morning. I'm thinking, wow, this is a great life. This is a beach life, Queensland. This water is so warm. These waves are amazing. I can live here, just do the Australian life. Man does not live by bread, doesn't live by things that are natural. You've got to set up a separate diet, a diet that includes prayer, includes the word of God, includes God speaking to you and you hearing him. A diet that puts him first. First in what you do, in your decisions. Man does not live by bread, but by the Spirit 
by the life of God's word coming into you. You need to set up, someone set up this band here today. They put a bit of effort into that. Someone set up the kids' church. We set up, people are setting up all kinds of things all the time. Maybe you're setting up a career, your work, setting up your work. You just set that up. You set up. We set up our superannuation. It almost made me feel old. I wanted to call it, we, we had to like call it something. I wanted to call it Byron and Sarah's Super Duper Super Fund. And I just thought, I'm going to go with this. Sarah did not want to go with it. We set that up. It was too long. She didn't want to have to write it out on all the paperwork. So it's just B&S Super. Actually, I don't even know what it is. In my mind, it's Byron and Sarah's Super Duper Super Fund. Uh, it's much better than when I was young. That's why I have compassion on, on young blokes, especially when they come to work for me if they're 18. Because when I was that age, I had this guy give me some advice and I set up my superannuation. And I said, oh, yeah, just sign me up for the good one, whatever that is. Didn't really take enough notice. because That's what young guys do because they're usually thinking about something else. I wasn't a Christian at the time. I'll just throw that in there just to get more compassion from people. Anyway, when we got married, I had this superannuation account with no money in it. I just had a little bit. He's like, why are you paying all these fees? I don't know. Why am I paying all these fees? You're insured for $6 million. Did you know that? I'm like, what? Am I really? I just like, yes. She was thinking about knocking me off. Anyway, didn't cross her mind. I just signed up for the best one. I'm like, wow, I didn't even look at, read the fine print. I'm not into the finer details sometimes. Of, that's why she runs most of the finances. I get the finances. She looks after them. You set that up. You've got to set up a secret place. You've got to set up something else, a quiet space with God. Daniel does it in chapter 6 in verse 10. He goes to his room. Closes the door. He actually opens the windows towards Jerusalem. But we are called to live off a different diet. There's a diet of the Spirit where you connect with God and He connects with you. Communion with God. Diet of prayer, of not just on what you think you should do or where you should go, but a diet where you are connecting with God and it is feeding your spirit. And Daniel, like, he just has an, a fantastic anointing on his life. Really incredible. And you are gifted by God. You have all this stuff with inside of you that he places there. And he wants to bring that out. He's going to bring it out as you connect with him. As you connect with him. So the first thing that I notice is he sets up a separate diet. Have you got a separate diet? Have you got a place, a space where you go? to set up this diet. I love um, Phil Pringle. He's the founder and I think he's still the, the CEO of the movement. But he's, he says this in response to Peter goes up onto a rooftop to pray. It's just a space that he gets into. And he says, anywhere prayer, 
Peter prays on a rooftop. A housetop, a basement, a park, a mall, a car, a bus, at school, in bed, at work, at play, at midnight, in the morning, noon or evening. Never a time, never a place where prayer cannot go. No excuse, no reason. We can always find that place, a place to pray. It's always a place for you to commune with God and set up a place, set up a separate diet. There you go. All right, let's go to Daniel chapter 2. In, I'm just going to sort of push through a couple of his experiences because his whole life is just this incredible, incredible um, story. So Daniel at this point has been, he- you know, he's, he's in the team now. He's one of the wise men, but he's still young. And he's not the head of the wise men yet because he gets to be the head of the wise men under King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and so the other wise guys are still advising the king. And the king has a dream, and he dreams this incredible dream. And so he tells the wise guys, you guys tell me the meaning of the dream. And they, they say, okay, you tell us the dream, and we'll interpret the dream for you. He's like, no, 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 no. You tell me what I dreamt, and then you tell me what it means. And they're like, no, 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 no. no. You tell us the dream, and we'll interpret it for you. He's like, no, 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 I'm the king. What you're going to do is you're going to tell me what I dreamt. And they're like, they start complaining and he gets angry. And if anyone's read anything about Nebuchadnezzar, it's like he just makes fiery furnaces 10 times hotter. It's like, we're going to rip your house down and make it a pile of rubble and put you and your family. Like this guy is just, we're going to destroy everything. So he's like, right, that's it. I'm going to destroy all the wise men. Bring them all in. Where's the guards? Get them all. And Daniel's one of the young guys. He's out the back and he's like, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? And so he asked the guys, look, let me talk to the king. So it says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 17, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven. Your prayer life and connecting with God is not complicated. It is very simple. And God lets them get into this situation. This is God's idea. He's the one who gave the dream to the king. And it's a life-threatening situation. And he asks for time and he gets an answer. And it's so wonderful to be in church, to be in the community of God and have someone there to ask, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you pray for me? So what does Daniel do? He said, oh, guys, this is not good. Can you pray for me? How, how about you, you pray for me? And it's so wonderful to have people to pray for you. Like Janelle over here, she like, like if you ever need an answer to prayer, she will just agree with, she will like pray and just get a word from God and she will just like agree and then you'll get agreement with, with, with a word, you'll get an answer to prayer. This is where you get answers to prayer. So we like renovate this whole thing, right? And we can't get in because there's a median strip has got to be built. It's going to like several hundred thousand dollars and I'm like, I hear a story from Phil Pringle. They got traffic lights. They prayed and they got a whole traffic intersection built. I'm like, 
why can't we get a intersection out here? Why, why can't we get something? So I say, I say to, to Chris and Ruth and some of the other elders, I'm like, I don't think we're going to need to build that. God's going to give us a different solution. So then Ruth goes, I'm going to agree with that. And we didn't even have to build the median strip. They put a little left and right turn thing there, which everyone always goes left at. And you can't... It's true. Absolutely. Oh, what are you laughing at? I say, you all turn right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I see. I mean, Caleb's here. His wife, Eleanor, she gets words of knowledge. And she has a real prophetic edge. And if you talk to her, I mean, if you're in her circle of influence, like if you're in Janelle's circle of influence, because I can see Nikki smiling when I start talking about Janelle. So they obviously get together and pray. And then Ellen, she like, she'll just look straight. It's no beating around the bush. It's like word of knowledge, answer to prayer, done, finished. I mean, what about the bubbers up the back? Maybe you're in their circle of influence. Tanya, it's my mother-in-law. Smile and be nice, Byron. Smile and be nice. That's right. Just like that. I mean, she always reminds me of Yoda. She... um. Is wise. What are you guys laughing at? It's what wisdom, 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 wisdom. And Nadia, I mean, there's a story. I mean, they came out on the boat. It's like incredible. They know how to pray. If you're in that influence, there's always someone. You have a friend. God has lined you up not to be isolated. Like, people, someone tell me, like, uh, who was it? How'd you go with the job, Lewis? Like, will you just tell me about a job? I'm like, well, let's pray about that. How about we pray about that? I mean, Harriet, where's Harriet? she here? Hi, Harriet. She's always popping little prayer things up. And if you need an answer to prayer, I would suggest that you ask Harriet because she will get a scripture and she will pray for you and you will get an answer. You're not alone. You're going to need someone at some point, at some time. Something's going to be beyond your understanding and you're going to need to say, hey, excuse me. We've got a situation. Can you help me pray, please? Because the devil wants, he doesn't like you. He didn't put that in writing. He doesn't come with a pitchfork. He comes with a subtle suggestion. No, you're all alone. You're helpless. It gets into your mind. But he doesn't like the life of God within you. He wants to give you a life-threatening situation. Jesus Gave us the way. Said it is written and he got and so you're not alone. You have got answers to prayer. Who else has got answers to prayer? Who who's got answers to prayer? These got you. You have answers to prayer. You have answers to prayer. And Daniel is not promoted yet, and yet this is God's idea to get people to pray with him, which causes a really Awesome promotion, which leads me into the, the next thing that I want to say is to get a word from God, because that's what they do, is they get a word from God. And I know I've sort of already mentioned it, but Daniel and his mates pray, and God speaks, and then he goes and speaks to the king. And so often, you know, we, we like to talk about maybe the problems. We, maybe we talk about the, the challenges. And you know, I think we talk about them, but... We definitely talk about the Word of God with them. 
don't we? You need to get a word from God. Get someone to pray, get a word from God. And that's the teaching. That's what, that's what Jesus told us to do when he, he incredibly was hungry. And I, I think he was probably hungry, angry, because he'd just come from the temple and he was planning to make a whip at this point because he saw the market in there, which I mentioned about, and he's walking back. And he's like, he doesn't go and, and like crack the market straight away. He thinks about it for a while. I'm going to make a whip and get these. Yeah, and then he's, well, I'm he realizes he's hungry. There's a fig tree with no figs on it. And he's like, curse you, fig tree. And the fig tree withers. And the disciples are like, what is going on? He's like, not only can you do what I did to this fig tree, but you can see that, see that rumbleara over there? You can tell that thing to go and plant itself out there in Brisbane water. That is the power of faith. He says, speak to this mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. Don't let it just dictate and speak to you. Speak. That's his teaching. Don't ask God to move it. You move it. You, you tell him. You, you tell it to move. That's his teaching in prayer. Get a word from God and speak it. And so that's what Daniel does. He gets a word from God and he speaks it to the king. He declares God's goodness. Joshua is told to keep the book of the law always on his lips, always on his lips. So maybe you've just got a, a, a circumstance with someone, something's going on. You want to get in the background into that secret place. Maybe you need to get someone to pray with you, get a, get a scripture and then just... Just speak that over it. Just just keep going with that, speaking that thing. I don't, has anyone ever sort of noticed when someone else has things on their mind? They get that look on their face. I've got things on my mind. I've got things on my mind. Yeah, the shoulders drop and there's a bit of stress. And, you know, life happens. Things on my mind. It gets into your mind, different pressures and challenges. I, I had, I'd, you know, run a business and, I have four daughters. I get things on my mind all the time and just start going around in there thinking about these things, problem, this problem, and that problem. And there's one time I remember I had three things. I was just going around, going around. One was a work thing. One was a family thing. How am I going to deal with this thing? And I had a friend say to me, are you all right? What's going on? I was like, oh, I'm just dealing with this thing and dealing with that thing. And I was like, I don't have to go through this slog. This is a slogging it out. She just looked at me straight in the eye and said, Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We expect problems not to happen. You've got to get a perspective. Spoken word brings light and it brings life. When you declare God's word, that was like a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, this is part of the deal. This is part of the, this is part of the promotion. This is part of getting to know God more. This is where he moves. This is where his scriptures make, make themselves reality. This is where the promises make reality on your circumstance. So he gets a word from God and he gets people to pray and he declares it. So there you go. So the, the last thing that I want to notice about Daniel is in Daniel chapter 6 in verse 10, which I mentioned which I think is the um, key to his whole life. Um, and uh, he, this is the classic story of Daniel in the lion's den. And so in this story, he is now one of the top, top wise men. 
and there's a new king, Darius. And so Darius has decided, I'm going to set these three guys up with these other 120 guys, and they're going to make sure that all my projects are run smooth. They're going to make sure all the, the farming is done, the, the, all the army is looked after, and they're going to make sure that I make lots of money. And so I'm going to set them up. And so these three guys, Daniel, one of them, and the two other, they're the chief officials, 120 other guys, and the two other chief officials and the 120 other guys, they all get jealous. That's what happens. They get jealous of Daniel because he is just such a good worker. There's some more advice for you, Matt. Be a good worker. And so he is just faultless, just project management. He is just nailing it. And then looking after things, he can't be bribed. He is just confident and bold, and they get jealous. So they trick the king into making a law that if anyone prays other than to the king, they will be thrown into the lion's den. And once a king made a rule, he couldn't revoke it. So the king makes this rule, not really realising what they're going to do. And so what does Daniel do? He just goes up, opens the windows, gets down to pray, and prays towards Jerusalem three times a day. He doesn't stop. It says, as he had always done, three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. And then the story of the lion's den comes after that. So then, so the one thing I want to highlight here is that he gives thanks to God. He gives thanks to God. So, so far, you know, we've heard about getting someone to pray for you, setting up a place. Well, here's the other foundational thing with prayer. It's just about thanking God to start with. It's just about thanking God to start with. It is the foundation, the foundation to his presence and to answered prayer is thanking God. Psalm 101st verse says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Gives thanks to him and praise his name. That's the entryway into his presence. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, not just the good and the bad ones, just all the time, a grateful heart to God. This is what he has. And this is what Jesus did when he rose Lazarus from the dead. He said, Take away the stone. Standing in front of a guy who's been dead for four days. He looks up to heaven and he says, thank you, Father. That's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Thank you, Father, that you hear me. And he calls Lazarus, come out of that grave. Come out of the tomb. And it is the key to break through prayer. I think it was last year or the year before, we went from 26 staff down to six and back up to 12 in like a six-month period in business and I was trying to balance family and just trying to balance work and just jobs and clients and then stuff and then I was just getting angry and it was the whole COVID thing and it was just, I was in the mix of it. And this here, thank you God, thank you God for this season where you're just cutting things out. Thank you God where you're empowering me to move through and I didn't always be doing it well. I'll just admit that. It was a strange season, but I, I just found a place of breakthrough and thank you. We are in the sweetest season that we've ever been in in business. Can I get the band come up and, and play? It is the key to breakthrough prayer is just thanking God. What are you thanking him for today? 
should always be something that we're thanking God for. Come on, why don't we stand this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father, we just bless you so much. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your work in us. We look to you this morning, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, where you've placed things on our hearts. We're calling us to, to move forward, Lord God, to come up higher into to what you've called us to, whether it's one step of discovering. And You love to teach us how to pray. You love to, to move through us, Lord God, and to come alongside us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you're always there. You're always accepting, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.